Welcome to the 301 Podcast, the interview podcast for the hottest up-and-coming entrepreneurs, artists, and creators. Real, authentic, and inspiring. And here is your host, Marcus Engel. Let's get it started in 301. Welcome back to the 301 Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Hendrik Gramer. He's the captain of the most sustainable fish cutter in Europe but also the sixth generation of fishers in his family. In the podcast, we talked a lot about why and how he had the crazy idea to build the most sustainable fish cutter, where it goes wrong in the fishing and food industry, and why the salmon that you know from the shops is normally white. I'm super happy that Hendrik joined me today on the podcast because he has shed a light on an industry that I had known nothing about yet. And I also hope that you have a little bit the same feeling. Uh, so far, I think we've talked a lot about fashion industries in the podcast. We talked a lot about different startups, about entrepreneurship, about marketing. And today we talked about entrepreneurship, but on a complete different level in, and in a complete different industry. And at least for me personally, it was very exciting to listen to a very sustainable and future-proof story today. I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And let's get straight into it in 301. Hendrik, finally I catch you on land, <laughs> which is very amazing. And uh, today we have the chance to talk to Hendrik Gamer. Uh, you're a fisherman. And I think that's uh, a one in a lifetime time chance uh, to talk to a fisherman and not to like just any fisherman, but you're the, actually the, the captain of the most sustainable fisher boat in Europe. Yep. So I think so, yeah. Welcome to the 301 podcast. I'm happy to be here. Before we get into it, I have uh, three this or that questions that I ask you now. Do you prefer texting or calling? Texting. Planned or spontaneous? Spontaneous. And now it's going to be very difficult. Fish or meat? Fish. Definitely <laughs> That fish. was easy. How did you manage to become like a fisherman? Because I think it is quite an extraordinary choice career choice as a as a young as a young man to become a fisherman how how did that start for you yeah that's funny uh, that you put it that way uh, so where i come from i come from the former island of urk and also that seems to be a little bit odd if you say it like that because what is a former i uh, former island uh, i come from a place called urk it's in uh, it's in the middle of holland and it's uh, can it's connected to the what's now called the isselmeer so mm -hmm. it's a lake but it used to be connected to sea to the north sea and uh, but then uh, somewhere around 1940 they made a dike from uh, north holland to friesland And they uh, made a new land, uh, which is called uh, Flevoland. And Urk was the island in, in between. And uh, so it was uh, uh, caught up by land, actually. So it's a former island of Urk. And it's, uh, yeah, one of the biggest fishing villages of uh, the Netherlands. So I actually rolled into it from, because my, fa my father was a fisherman too, and I think I am a sixth or seventh generation of fishermen. So my grandfather was a fisherman and his father was a fisherman. So was, was it ever for you like an option not to be a fisherman? Oh, it was. Yeah. Uh, my dad absolutely did not push me. I have an older brother as well, an older sister, and they both were, uh, they chose not to be uh, in the family business. And my father was really cool and not pushing at all. So uh, I, when I was a kid, I, I wanted to be a f football player at Ajax, like all kids in the Netherlands do. So I had, I had different dreams before. So, yeah. Yeah. What I found so interesting, like in the preparation also for, of the talk is um, I had a complete different kind of mindset about like a fisherman, you know? Mm. So when you like think of fishermen or like most of them, they think like you have like your small boat, like you go out and catch a couple of fish um, And the whole industrialized journey, mm. you don't really have like, like on, on your radar, let's say, because you think, okay, that, that takes place somewhere else uh, that got to, gets a lot imported or mm. something like this. Um, now, I said it in the beginning already in the introduction, you are the captain of one of the most sustainable um, fisher boats in Europe. How does this start? Like, how do you... How did this project maybe like kick off and how were you involved and what is happening now? 
Well, it started when uh, the whole story started. When I was 18 years old, uh, I was in a school for fishermen to become a fisherman, uh, a nautical, a nautical uh, school. And uh, when I was 19 years old, I joined my father's boat, mm -hmm. who had a 30-year-old uh, fishing boat, which was beaming. And one year later, he sold the boat. So he stopped. And at that time, when I was 19 or 20 years old, th at that time maybe, I was I didn't get it, and I was I was angry, and I said to him, "You're selling my boat. Uh, uh, you're taking it away from me." But it was not mine. But I didn't know that back then. Uh, but I th it felt that way. Mm. So uh, yeah, and my father said, "Yeah, I think it's uh, you can't explain it anymore that you burn thirty thousand liters of fuel to catch." Uh, 6,000 kilos of fish so that that's that's just off mm. uh, and he's yeah because of his experience he saw a, a change and and he said I don't want to leave you with this kind of a company which is not sustainable or, or uh, he didn't see a future for it so in the meantime uh, after he sold the boat I had I made my journey around uh, all other kinds of fishing boats different styles of fishing techniques uh, from crabbing with a small boat like you just described with creels to fly shooting to beaming to twin rig to all kinds of stuff uh, i've been to the offshore uh, business as well as a as a crew tender with a crew tender boat mm -hmm. we were building uh, windmills at sea and at that time i joined the sfin uh, academy uh, which is from slow food uh, and they're they want to change the whole food industry uh, they want to uh, change it to a sustainable one so there i got inspired by sustainability and where this world should go to be a nice place for everyone and i was working in the uh, offshore industry and i just saw there money being thrown around and I was from an entrepreneur kind of view I was like okay if I want to be an entrepreneur I should be here because money is just flying around here you just mm. have to Grab spread it. your arms and, and, yeah. and catch but we were we were uh, at some point we were bringing around the newspaper at sea burning 1300 liters of fuel an hour that was crazy and because of the slow food youth movement, I got inspired by doing something sustainable, something, uh, yeah, f good for the world. And I thought, okay, let's go back. And my father at that point came to me and he said, so Hendrik, what do you want to do? do? Do you want me to end the business, uh, pay taxes and just, sh uh, uh, because we had still the fishing rights? Uh, or do you want to give another go? And I said, okay, let's give it another go. And then we joined up with Masterplan Sustainable Fishing Fisheries. And at that point, oh, this is going to be a long story. <laughs> at that point, the fishing industry in Holland and in Urk was really struggling because of high fuel prices and, and the prices of fish were very low. And the whole community was about to, the, the whole community was struggling and in financial crisis, actually. And we thought, okay, let's turn this thing around and think of a new sustainable concept for how we, so we can have a, a business model for for banks to show like hey if we do it this way we can make a transition from old big uh, fuel using boats like uh, in, in like to make uh, the resemblance with cars i always say big hummers and change them into teslas mm. so this is uh this is where we are wow that was a long story already <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but it's nice it's nice i think to get also like the background um I mean, what what I because I think this is quite interesting also for the listeners to know. So you already said that like we want to reduce like the the fuel that is used. Um, you want to reduce, of course, your CO two emission. What is like now in principle different to other boats? Because it's also very much a scientific, right? Because uh, when I googled like yesterday, there's like uh, TU Delft is involved. There's a lot of research papers written about it which really surprised me <laughs> on on a level because I was like okay so this is not just uh, they are not just building boats but they really 
invest into like scientific research of how to make the most sustainable boat, how to uh, develop the CSR projects in the in the fisher industry. So uh, we we came together with uh, as a as a group, uh, Master Plan Sustainable Fishing, and it's a group of fishermen, uh, also accountants, banks, shipbuilders, uh, scientists, uh, and and this group of know-how came together, sat around the table. Okay, so how do we change this thing around? How would turn this into uh, for the better and we put up some bullet points so the biggest one was 80 percent less co2 uh, and then also uh, for instance uh, for holland sole is a very big uh, species that is very important for the dutch uh, fishing industry uh, how to catch this sole um, and always also the view to the future. So how are we going to so eighty percent of eighty uh, percent less fuel is just the beginning? But how do we change also to maybe first LNG gas and then maybe li uh, later uh, hydrogen, mm. for instance? Uh, so yeah, we really made this made this joint uh, group of people who uh, with their own expertise how to. Uh, make this and and we had a concept called the MDV one, uh, and last year MDV two, the second and slightly improved version of mm. both. Uh, is is it much different MDV two than MDV one? Yes, uh, it looks similar, like exactly the same, but there are just some. Yeah, it's the same as with a house. The first, your first house. Actually, your first house you have to build for your enemy, the second one for your th friend, and the third one for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we were out with NDV1 for two weeks, and I was on the boat, and I thought, oh, cuck, we should have switched the engine room and the fish room, fish hold. Because, because it's electric, you're, you, can, you can let go of everything. Because, you can, because you're electric, you can... You can uh, uh, the layout of the boat can be as you want mm. and, and and because it was so new to us that that this was possible we didn't even came up with that so we put the engine room in the back like normal and the fish room in the front as normal and then we were out two weeks and i thought oh we sh we could have changed that so because you have no sound or like less sound uh because you're not fixed to a, a, a direct diesel engine who uh for the propulsion of the ship now you have an electric engine mm which is way smaller and you can fit it into this very small narrow uh, 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 space in the ship and you can use all the other space for something else. And and just that idea just didn't land yet and we kind of stick to old patterns mm -hmm. and old. So that's why we built uh, MDV2 as well. Nice. It's uh, MDV3 in, in the making now or? Now you're like no, kind of no, no, no. I say to my friends, if you ever hear hear me talk about a third boat, get me into a strange jacket. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, no, not yeah. uh, not building it. How long does it take to develop something like this? Uh, this was okay. So so we had to do this in a high speed record uh, amount of time. We built it from scratch, like n uh, a blank paper to the actual boat was in uh, fourteen months. So. Mm just over a year from scratch so from blank paper to fishing with a oh. boat yeah super super yeah and uh, i also read um there was a problem with the fishing nets um you used fishing nets that were uh, different to what the european union wanted to allow you but you could have been more sustainable when with with that hmm. why do you think um the european union is against those initiatives that would be positive for the environment uh yeah that's actually that's a political game uh because of the sole species that's very important for the dutch uh fishing industry we started off with uh, pulse fishing uh, and that's a fishing method why because sole is deeper into the soil it's it's a ground fish mm -hmm. and it buries itself under a layer of sand so we can't actually reach it unless you use very thick heavy chains to uh to to dig into the soil actually mm -hmm. and that 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 takes a lot of fuel and has a lot of bottom impact so the dutch 
fishing industry came up with an idea of pulse fishing. So you go over with a net and with this electrical magnetic field, you because a, a sole, a North Sea sole or Dover sole as they call it in, in England, it's a very, it's the Usain Bolt under the fish. It's very strong. It has a lot of muscle and that's why it's so tasteful, but it buries itself like quite deep. But if you go over that with an electric pulse field, mm -hmm. Uh, the muscles contract. So it's like an app toner, like you saw, saw back in the days on Telcel or on uh, DTV uh, commercials, the app toner uh, training devices. And it actually, you can feel it uh, when you put your hand in the tank and this electric pulse magnetic field is your muscles contract. Okay. So you go over with a net and then because of the contraction of the muscle of the fish, it comes off of the ground and then we catch it with, with a net. This was a very successful uh, fishing method, uh, which allowed Dutch fishermen to go to fishing grounds that were not before available, uh, because they're uh, yeah. A lot of a lot of new fishing grounds were open because this was such a light uh, uh, fishing gear mm -hmm. that French fishermen got a lot of competition from the dutch and and yeah this was a lobby thing okay and, and and but it's back on the table so in in the end you can't you can't stop progression and you can't stop innovation mm. same as with tesla you know first first people are holding back and trying to no 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 this that, no. yeah so yeah, it's a competition it's a competition thing. exactly also like with tesla you have like autopilots that are not allowed in in mm. europe yet while yeah. they drive around in america for like many many years but you can see more and more also how many like autonomous driving so like solutions you get with cars and i think it doesn't take any long and when we can relax and drink a exactly behind the wheel um You've won quite a lot of uh, awards and prizes with with that with that project. Is that then for you and your team difficult to keep on innovating the project? Is it is it like that you also start to become like comfortable with what you are because in the end you are so far ahead probably of of um, other um, yeah of other companies. Mm. Is, is it like some sort of like comfortable feeling to say like nah, we are quite like sustainable already so let's let's stay here for a while yeah that's funny that you ask uh no this is actually uh, when i was ahead of the project i i thought like that i thought okay let's let's win this and and get this together and then we're safe but then i realized that we're that this was only the easy part because in my vision for fishing for the future uh i always say if people could have eat fish like i do on a saturday and a sunday after a week of fishing nobody would eat meat because When people, when, when I meet new people and they say, I don't like fish, I will say, that's good news because I will show you that you actually do like fish. Mm. And just earlier I was at the Northern Markt uh, in Amsterdam and I had, uh, I was there with a friend and uh, he, he bought kibbling and he said, do you want a piece? And I, I tried and I was like, oh, there's such a world to win. So what I'm getting to this, no, this was only the start to get real, really, really sustainable we have to okay so first this part is now done mm -hmm. we, we we achieved 80 less fuel uh much uh a low impact fishing gear low impact uh way of fishing but now we have to make our way to the actual why you're there the people who eat it the plate mm -hmm. so so this was just the beginning and and i didn't know at at at, at when i was at the start of this but the real innovation and the real sustainable part is yet to come so mm. yeah so it's then making it more like industrialized in a sense to get people more aware of like hey you can just eat it you can we have everything here like in the netherlands you don't have to like, yeah definitely oh there's such a world to win uh the, the whole food system is so twisted mm. that that there's a world to win and if if your goal is to uh, then that is my goal to catch fish and bring it to the plate with a small with the smallest footprint as possible you have a, a job for for a lifetime mm. because you're never done you're never ready uh and the ultimate goal would, would be to have a positive footprint even so yeah. so no we're not ready and 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 yeah that's that's the cool thing about a sustainable business you 
there's always um, room for improvement. And <laughs> you can always be more sustainable. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Were there any, because we said it before a little bit, we said mm, you were far ahead of the competition, let's let's put it like this, or mm. like of, of, other, of other companies, maybe not competition. Um, were there also like negative voices of um, maybe other uh, fishing boats, of other fishing companies too? Yeah. So like, uh, you destroy the business because we do it the old way and uh, maybe they don't have like the resources and the, the capabilities to also develop uh, such uh, such projects. Was was there like a lot of negativity involved? Yeah, it was funny. Uh, yeah, actually, you mentioned it. It's true. Uh, so when we started this, uh, this whole project from like where I said, it, I think it was 2014 where we started and we had one year to build it because in 2015 we had to launch. Uh, at that point, the the oil crisis was still full on uh, the oil prices were super high fish prices were extremely low and at the point that where we signed the contract with the bank and stuff the 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 the, the crisis was at, at its climax a lot of fishermen were in the fish auction didn't go out to sea because they said to the to the industry the fishing industry who processed it we can't produce like this uh we we were, were just quitting at, uh, and i was like no, we can't quit. I just signed my finance thing, and and one year later, the whole uh, the whole paradigm, the whole uh, diagram shifted because fuel prices went down like super fast, and fish prices went up. Mm -hmm. So when we actually sailed out, people were we were hmm, how do you say it? The urge of of saving this fish industry was completely gone. Mm -hmm. People could go the old way because oil prices were super low so the whole motivation of saving or or be a solution for a whole fish industry was gone but and and yeah maybe people laughed a bit like oh, look we can do the old way and still fine mm. but that's where i got my entrance uh inner motivation came up like okay it, it, i'm not doing this for anyone else i'm doing this for me mm. so yeah, and this journey is way better if you do something for yourself instead of for someone else. Yeah, for sure. But I think that's like the, the basis of every successful company, right? It's the kind of like intrinsic uh, yeah, <laughs> person that is yeah. sitting in, in, in you and uh, keep you going every day and keeping you, you up. Um, we touched a little bit before that question already on it. Um, I, I wrote down one, one, one sentence fits also a little bit to the to the US election and I hope mm. that for the next four years we don't have to to, he to hear those uh, sentences anymore but um, I said make Netherlands eat local fish again oh nice <laughs> uh, because I think I find it sometimes yeah I find it very like what is wrong in our supply chain or in our food industry that uh, it is super accessible to get like salmon from Norway but not like a shoal that is uh, like 50 kilometers from here like yeah. fresh from the from the boat like where, where does it go wrong because i think a lot of people don't know that yeah that's that's true and uh yeah you're spot on and i like the i like the i like the phrase like uh, let's make, <laughs> make holland <laughs> eat eat north sea fish again yeah this is the whole twisted thing in our food supply and food chain uh you can tell so 90 percent of the fish that i catch goes to southern europe so italy spain and yeah, it's in their culture as well, right? Mm. They value good food way more than we do. So, and it's 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 also with the tomatoes. Our best tomatoes go to Italy, and we keep the cheap ones because in Holland everything has to be cheap. But so yeah, and I think COVID in a way is also maybe a blessing in disguise. So because people are aware, more aware, and they want to eat more local and. Uh, yeah, so uh, this is what I'm working on, or this is what I want to work on for the for the future. Mm. And uh, yeah, just like you said it. Uh, yeah, also also make people aware and, and make make people know because people don't know that when you eat salmon, that there needs to be caught six kilos of fish out at sea for one kilo of salmon because salmon is like the tiger of the of the of the sea. If you want to grow a tiger in an aquaculture fish farm mm. a lot of sheep and a lot of meat and a lot of small animals need to go in to grow one tiger mm. so the same with salmon six 
one kilo of salmon needs six kilo of fish. Whoa. So I catch, oh, so let's say I, ca- I catch six kilos of fish. I landed here in Holland. It's been drove, driven all the way up to Norway. It's been thrown in a, in a, in a, in a, in a net, as a, in a fish farm there mm. to grow one kilo of salmon. But salmon gets its pink color from eating shrimp. But the salmon in the in the fish farm doesn't eat shrimp. They eat white fish that I catch. Mm. So what do we do? We go to uh, a Swiss company, DSM, or even a Dutch company, uh, Axel Nobel, and creates a color, like a, like a pigment. It adds it adds the color to the fish palettes, uh, to the food palettes that the fish e- e- eat. And that's so. So actually, there's a salmon um, a marketeer mm. comes to you and said, "Which kind of pink do you want your salmon to be?" You can actually choose. Wow. Yeah, and people don't know this. Yeah. And and yeah, but uh, so actually, it, it would look more like white whitish if yeah, if, if, if you if, would if they would not have like those uh, those artificial like um, pigment uh, color uh, color uh, add to the food pellets that they eat, then they would be actually white. Yeah, that's true. That's or grayish. Crazy. Yeah. 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 That's insane. But I also didn't know that, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, so, it's always so a nice story yeah, yeah. to tell because but, but people are <laughs> eyes open up like, yeah. whoa, I didn't know this. Uh, okay. Yeah. But, but I also find it like such an unsustainable way of like doing business. Like you catch something, it gets like driven somewhere else, then they throw it inside and he eats it. And then like later we drive the same fish basically back, but like processed in a, in a, in a salmon. Yeah, which is a bit more colorful. Uh, colorful. It's a bit fatty, which we what we like. It's yeah, it's marketing. It's yeah, but uh, it's all our whole food chain that's like that, and yeah. it's weird. And and so we send away our cod and our lagustines and our place and our soul and 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 that kind of stuff. And in Holland, we we fly in tilapia and pang pangasius from the inner lands of Vietnam to eat that because it's cheap and mm. th- that's what we do in in the netherlands but but we it's a, this is actually a good message because there's a lot of opportunity here yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of yeah so uh actually this in a way this is a good story yeah and and is that also something that you are busy with to think about also like a little bit more like a let's say like a marketing story like behind it because i i, I remember there's like a couple of uh, companies that uh, put like QR codes on the on the fish is like oh look here exactly got your he, the fish you're eating here got catched here and th- mm. those kind of things which is for some people maybe nice to know i don't know but like i think the the salmon story is quite solid because it looks tasty yeah, and yeah you, you you find it on ev- every mm-hmm. menu is that something that you are busy with like with like with your company or like with that uh, maybe also like that um, yeah like mdv mvd company that is more like focusing on that or is that not something that you it's it's what i uh, focus on personally and that is in my uh, plan for the future and i'm in a very micro way already doing that here in amsterdam i have a group of friends who i bring fish on my bike through uh, like one or twice a month Mm. so yeah and uh, of course i have this but yeah like entrepreneurs can maybe relate to if you and you have a, a business to to run to keep running and you work in your own business as well to make a living yeah then time is a scarce product yeah, yeah. so to yeah to take yeah it's one step at a time and uh, slowly but steady we'll get there yeah. you read also like a lot in the news that you hear a lot overfishing mm-hmm. and, and those topics which, which i think are super uh, interesting mm-hmm. I think the northy is quite okay. Uh, what when when it comes to o- to overfishing, yeah. do you see like a danger also for the northy to become overfished if more sustainable projects come uh, like in place? Because uh, if you probably burn less fuel, mm-hmm. you catch maybe more fish. That could also have like a negative spin-off for the for the country. Definitely, right? yeah. But the good thing is here in uh, the North Sea, and so in the Western Europe, uh, and here in Western Europe, we fish according to MSY, which means maximum sustainable yield. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you have an amount of money in the bank, 
it's also your fish stock and we can only fish the interest mm. so uh, and we have legislation about uh, minimum size uh, minimum size fish that you can land so they have to uh, be at such a uh, a size that they have already produced at least uh, reproduced at least once so i think here in holland and in western europe we're covered mm. uh, and you can tell by the stats that the north sea is one of the, uh, the oldest stocks are positive and good and and, and and okay but if you look into other parts of the world like the mediterranean uh, some parts of the ocean yeah there is overfishing mm. and 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 uh, but I think we are so aware of that we need to do something about it and that we have to become more sustainable. And uh, so I, I, I am confident that we will also, overfishing-wise, we will make a change. And we will make a... I think our biggest problem is actually the maybe global warming, and we can see it in the North Sea as well. Mm. So we... We have different species now. The cod is more uh, uh, stays more up north, and we got more southern ca- species back, like mm. lagustines and and squid. And does that have to do then with water temperature? I think I think the water temperature warming and 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 global warming or, or yeah. I think yeah. Uh, do do you see anything else like other than that, like on on the sea, like? Uh, yeah, we can we can tell that uh, the North Sea is very healthy because the tuna is back. Mm. Uh, it was gone for years, uh, but uh, it's been spotted uh, again. Uh, so the northern routes uh, from the United States all the way up through Greenland, Iceland, back to the uh, North Sea, that mm. that route is back. But also the southern route, and we can yeah. So we see so we see it's getting better, mm. more and more. You said once in an interview, you can't take more than you give. Ah, <laughs> yeah, you saw that. Yeah, is, yeah. The, is that something the, like a motto that you live by? Who, honestly, I fail a lot uh, doing that. Uh, you should never take more than you give. Yeah, that's true. But uh, it's a nice motto to live by, I think. Uh, yeah, and I think as a, as 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 a, as a human kind or human race that is maybe our problem that we we collect more than we put back yeah i find it also difficult because there are so many like different mm, segments that you should live like this because uh, for example uh, you do i think quite a remarkable job (laughs) reducing co2 emission but then on the other hand like you also like maybe to go to I don't know, Hugo Boss or H&M and buy like clothes. So that's a whole yeah. complete other like uh, segment and uh, the whole supply chains from, from back and forth is uh, is messed up. So I think it's very, very hard to, to be like really on like the timeline of uh, living super sustainable. I think this yeah. is one of the biggest challenges I think for, for everyone. I agree, but I think, I think it's a nice uh, goal to get to. And if you see like how we... Uh, build this business we put a we put a, a, a point on the horizon and that's where we were working to we said okay 80 percent less fuel usage mm. um, yeah uh, so so if you live by that like okay this is where this is my goal this is where i want to get at then it's a step at a time mm. and uh, you won't get it right immediately and you you mess up like the ndv one i <laughs> i needed to build a second one to get it to get it right so yeah yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is a challenge we all face. I think. Where does your drive come from? Because I find it, oh. I find it very remarkable. Like you do so many different things. You then you uh, are six, seven days on a boat, but then <laughs> you grab your bike after that and to deliver fish by bike <laughs> to, yeah. to your friend. Like, wh- wh- where is it coming from? Is it like? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, it's 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 part of. I think it's part of your or my DNA. Uh, also from the town where I come from. It's the drive comes from the love for the piece uh, for the fish that you ate as a kid on saturday so my dad came back from a week working and then at, on a saturday and a sunday we ate fish and like freshly caught and uh i remember when my father sold the boat when i was 19 years old the guys working on my father's boat said 
the first thing that they said was not like I uh, I'm losing my job or I'm no the first thing they said was I won't have my fish on Saturday they were not you know because you bring you can do lots of stuff you have your hands with you you can I don't know you can uber eat or you can <laughs> you can work anywhere mm. uh, but the first thing they said but I will miss my fresh fish on Saturday to bring home so that's a very deep cultural uh, thing that's I think is part in my and and the community I come from is DNA. Mm. Yeah. How do you think this is different to other other people? Is is it like just that hardworking mindset and like the love to the sea and the the fish, or is there anything else different? The way the people grow up, the way the people get raised, because there's al always that ongoing discussion between nature versus nurture mm -hmm. right so i'm like a ver like i think it's nature personally mm -hmm. and other people say like this nurture is how your people is how the parents raise you it's, yeah but i think th i have like three brothers uh, two brothers mm -hmm. they don't like entrepreneurship at all they don't like uh, other things they they are very good at what they're doing and i had to we had the same um, like we got raised by, by by both of our parents, so for, I find it very interesting. Of like, sometimes going a little bit more deeper to the ground, like, what is it then? Oh, that's a super interesting question, and uh, I I have my questions about it as well because I have the same thing. I have a brother who is not at all an entrepreneur, I think, uh, but he's super smart and good at other stuff. Yeah, I think it's it's always a bit of both, obviously, but I do think it. It comes from the the gene package that you got from your ancestors as well, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, I think I think it's both. It's 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 very much both. Mm. You you said really in the beginning, uh, which I find super interesting. You said if I would want to be an entrepreneur, I would have to go to the offshore uh, business. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, don't don't you consider yourself as an entrepreneur? Uh, yes, I do consider myself as an entrepreneur, but a very rich and successful and money-making entrepreneur, like the picture a lot of people see and may hopefully can relate to. If you want to make a lot, if I wanted to make a lot of money, let's put it that way, mm. I should have gone and in, gone into uh, wind farm and offshore business. Yeah, for sure. No, would you ever consider a career change? Because I can imagine that being on a cutter being out there it's yeah it's, it's a tough job like mm -hmm. it's uh, it sounds very cool uh, to have a sustainable um, boat uh, but in the end you still put your uh, yep. like a uh, net in the in the sea you still have to cut open the the fish and uh, yep so it's a hard work and if you watch the i watched a couple of videos of of the SBS uh, documentaries uh -huh. <laughs> and then you can see that you it is hard work it is a it is a, it's hard work it's a lifestyle but I I think this is the nice part about about being an entrepreneur is that you can you set your own future right so if you want to change anything you can in your business or maybe you can you, that's the part of entrepreneurship that I like it's that you're yeah free kind of and that you can change your own destiny in a way mm. uh, so if there's thing if there are things that you don't like or you uh, uh, buy in uh, the knowledge for that for somebody to do that like uh, let's say uh, uh, finance and and, and uh, accountancy and, mm. and, and that kind of stuff I, I hate admin administration yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as an entrepreneur if you focus on other things more you can actually give that to the people that actually are good at it and, mm. and, and, and thrive from it. So yeah, that's what I like about being an entrepreneur. And would I, would I change? Uh, well, not for the next five or 10 years. And maybe, yeah, we'll see what the future brings. That's also part of being, uh, part of being an entrepreneur. Uh, when, when the, when the tide, change you 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 replace the beacons right mm. so you have to adapt what is your formula for a happy and fulfilled life oh uh thankful being thankful for, for what you have that's that's key uh, i hear a lot of people complaining about the whole covid situation and and also it it struck us as well uh, a lot and like the beginning of this year we 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 came out with a new boat it was it was a very tight finance uh 
very tight in the financing the whole thing mm. and we said because winter as a fisherman you work with seasons as well mm. so bad weather uh low catches and we came out with the new boat in winter time with a tight budget tight finance and we thought okay we'll struggle through winter and then summer comes and then we'll be fine but then COVID hit but if you just look at the things that you can be thankful for uh, we we live in Holland like the one of the wealthiest places in the world uh, when you're healthy yeah focus on that kind of part the things that you do have and if you work from that well from from a point of view from what what can what can I do instead of what what can't I do? Yeah. If you think from that perspective, then I think you will have a happy life. Yeah. yeah but and that's uh, also nature nurture, I think. Yeah. But uh, I think it it is easier to complain, and I think um, people are, especially with COVID, I have the feeling mm. um, that it is so far out of the um, imagination that a small virus can basically wipe out the whole world. And I think this is very hard mm. for people to understand to say th this is also why there's like a lot of conspiracy theories mm -hmm. because people start to relate to the theories that it's man-made or mm -hmm. that Bill Gates or Melinda Gates has something to do with it is for them way more relatable than it's just like it's just a virus that is there yeah. and it can wipe us out <laughs> if it wants to. <laughs> Super and and I, think, I find this so interesting that, that people would then believe like I don't know a pdf uh, document that they find on facebook yeah. or a picture that they someone created they find more relatable and believable as uh, from biologists or from doctors or from from whatever so that is really and then it's easier to complain because it's hard to understand yeah and you can blame someone else right and i think i think this is the whole part of uh the the happy question that you asked your the things that you can change are in your own hands and and the, the situation you're in you can change so focus on the things that you can change like i said before mm -hmm. the, not fix on the things that, like what can't i do but things focus on the things that you can do and and basically you can you can organize everything like you like you want no no and i think there's especially and i have to say it's also it's a it's a big part of luck and the first thing of that part of luck is that we are born in this part of the world where there's so much opportunity and and education and and healthcare and yeah so no yeah. but 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 focus on the things that you can do and like, like i said you can you can change and tweak in your own next 5 years no yeah. Speaking of next five years, is there still trying to? Uh, is there still something that you are trying to achieve? Business-wise, or uh, I, I don't know with, with everything, know. because I mean, you are like now for fifteen years uh, in the business, uh, probably. Or I mean, your whole life, because yeah. uh, this was part of your life, and now you created two very nice uh, sustainable boats. So is there still something that maybe also like that you want to prove to yourself, yes. or that you want to say like, okay, this is gonna be the the goal that I that I want to work towards? Yeah, uh, big goals and small goals, of course. Uh, but now, okay, so like I said, okay, so the first part is done, the 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 part out at sea. But if I tell people this story, they say, oh, Hendrik, this is such a good story, sustainable fishing, way to go. Where can I buy your fish? And now I still have to say, I don't know, because it goes to the auction, and then it's. It's out of my sight, mm. and yeah, this this will be the first baby steps I think to actually tell that I can tell to people. Okay, if you go there and there, or if you do this and this, you will get my fish. Mm. <laughs> that's that's a that's a, a first easy step I think, and then the bigger goal is, yeah, reducing our footprint even more and more and more and and so we started at 80 percent less and and let's make another 50 in the coming uh, 50 percent less carbon uh footprint in the next five years let's so to say uh and and maybe change to uh non non-carbon even so yeah and this is okay this is out of my own uh capability uh but if hydrogen makes its way into the market, I can very easily replace my now diesel generator who makes 
electricity to mm. power my electric boat to change that generator into a hydro generator and then then w then uh water will come out of the exhaust well that would be a, that, <laughs> yeah. would, that would be an amazing yeah the, the only thing we would produce out at sea is more water more water <laughs> that was yeah so that's that's maybe but that's a long term and uh and a dream maybe yeah yeah and there's also to do with a lot of like technology yeah that, that and that's out of that's out of my own yeah. uh, expertise and, yeah. and thing but uh, that's yeah. things to focus on yes uh, are you ever ever scared when you are like out at sea because in the end you also go go up against uh, mother nature i saw like some very <laughs> for me very scary instagram videos when there's like a super rough sea and super high like waves and the the waves are coming to you i i there have been a couple of times i can now recall uh so with the new with the with the building of the ndv1 then you go out for your first sea trial and you have to so you you have to do a test and you go full speed and then at some point you just put your rudder into 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 an angle so that you make a u-turn and then the boat has to be stable and it has to stay up But the first time you do this, okay, everything's measured out and 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 uh, calculations has been made. But the first time you do that, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like the proof of the cake is in the pudding, right? Yeah. So we did that, and we went in an I don't know 45 degree angle, and, and I thought it's not coming back. It's gonna tip over, and just a fraction of a second that was there, and then it came back, and and that's also the the point where you get confident in your new boat mm. so now i i'm not scared at all in any weather or because i've i know the i know it's safe right mm. and there was another time that i was uh crab fishing with creels uh, so before the whole ndv uh, story and it's with creels and it's what you see in the, the discovery series the deadliest catch but when then with very small cages or mm. small creels But the principle is the same. It's it's a it's a it's a creel or a trap, to uh, fixed to a line, and I was throwing the creels overboard. And at some point, I got strangled in a line, and the boat was going. My father was in the bridge, and I got got stuck in a line. But the 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 weight was already out. It was all the other creels were going to the seabed, mm -hmm. and I was stuck in the line. <laughs> so I was being pulled over from the boat and I, w I was scared there because I thought, okay, I'm going to the bottom of the sea now and yeah. they have to make a U-turn, uh, get up the gear and that takes time. So I, uh, so I was, I was screaming and uh, telling my father, stop, stop, stop the boat, but you, you can't because it's going. Yeah. And, and then uh, I got pulled overboard and I, I, so I hit the water and then at some point I, I came up again and I was strangled in the, in, I was lucky because I was in the line that was at the surface where the buoys are. Mm, so the okay. buoys were tapping my head and I was, yeah. So I was a bit scared there. And for the rest, no, no, I'm super, now it's super safe. Yeah. But it looks very scary. Like when, like for me, of course, <laughs> I, um, yeah, when I saw it, I was like, okay, like I really have to ask. The I'm questions. scared of being seasick. That's the only part I'm scared of because that that doesn't feel nice. I guess. Yeah. But that still happens. Yeah, it still happens sometimes when it's very rough weather. Uh, yeah, yeah, sometimes still happens that I'm no. seasick. Yeah, I, I think I slowly want to to uh, to also bring it home. I think it was a super interesting podcast. Nice. Um, With first one yeah first one for you for you but i think you did a fantastic job and not, not only that i think your mission is very nice I, i really like that you yeah i think you can make money differently mm. and you also probably would have had the chances because you're a smart guy you worked in offshore you could have probably made your career yeah, there yeah, yeah, but sorry. then you decided for something else and i think this is something to like this yeah then to to stand out or to put out here that you decided to do something else and to have that wonderful mission also to yeah make the the dutch people like eat the local fish again and mm, now yeah. think even further of like your let's say bubble of just catching it sustainably and reducing the co2 footprint but also bringing it to the market um so yeah i i really really liked it i always have three final questions okay so uh, they are like uh, very short questions um, so what are you not good right now that you want to become better at? Ooh, 
Admin. Admin is great, but I really don't like that. No. Uh, this, this is the most uh, answered question. Like, uh, oh, is it? Oh, administration, really? accounting, all those kind of things. So I think all the accountants out there keep on going. But <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> but I don't want to get better at that. I think. I think more marketing kind of stuff. I don't know, like video editing, making nice. I don't know, see videos and uh, uh, pictures of the of the fish that's caught and, and mm. really selling the product. Ah, ma- s- uh, sales. Sales. <laughs> sales, 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 sales and marketing. Nice. Sales and marketing, yeah. Um, which title would you give this chapter of your life? Ooh, I would say, first thing that came to mind was, yeah, exciting, exciting. Exciting. Yeah, I wanted to say fun, but exciting is the better word, I think. Okay. And the last question, if you could send a SMS to every mobile phone in the world, what would you say? Ooh, this is oh, this is a too big. This is this question. <laughs> There's so much opportunity. Yeah, I wanted to say I wanted to say this is my number. And if you want to eat, if you want to eat something that's real, that is has actually so because everything we eat. So this wouldn't be in the text, but this is the thought behind it everything we eat is or uh it has grown big under a lamp or in a stable or in in controlled environment Mm. if you want to eat something that has actually had a life uh was that hit for a storm or swam away for a predator like a crab or something something with a life and that is actually good for your health and and then then just give me a call or get, send me a text and i will bring you some <laughs> nice, okay to every mobile phone there's gonna be a lot of uh, replies. <laughs> that's a lot of texting like <laughs> seven seven billion uh, sms pack cool but uh that was it okay thanks a lot for joining thanks and for having me it was super interesting i think to learn a lot about fish today Thank you again for listening to the 301 podcast. And as usual, I'm very blessed that I can talk with people like Hendrik because he showed me today that with very little, you can do very much. His father realized very early that the way of fishing needs to change. And together with a group of people, he came together and changed it. And he developed the most sustainable fishing boat in Europe and won a lot of prizes for it. But Hendrik wouldn't be an entrepreneur if he would stop now and be happy with what he has achieved. But instead, he now focuses on also changing the consumer behavior, changing like the mindset of the people, because this is the most important thing when you want to inspire change. Hendrik tries to live by the motto, give more than you take. And maybe this is a nice learning for us and a nice task for the next week to look how much do we give, how much do we take, and then to see in the end of the week if we are in balance or if we need to work on something else. As usual, thank you so much for listening to the 301 podcast. I'm forever grateful that you listen to it, that you share it, that you show it to your friends, that you show it to your family and that the community is growing week over week. We are really growing quite fast. We have more and more listeners every week. So keep on doing what you do. Keep on supporting the 301 podcast that we can create content like this. Until then, we see us next week. Yours truly, Marcus.